Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. Welcome back to Holy Spirit Feed. This is Jen Johnson. It's been a minute, but we're going to dig right in with Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Okay, that last part, it says measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We're not there yet. So something has gotten in the way of us stepping into that fullness, the full measure. Now we do know that God has already poured out his spirit on the day of Pentecost. Okay, why did he do that? Matthew 10, 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. He poured out his spirit so we could freely receive and then freely give. So why isn't that happening? Or at least why isn't it happening at a higher measure? Why aren't we seeing even more miracles, the greater things? There's no condemnation. But today we're going to take an honest look at what we are actually walking in and the awareness that we are not at the fullness yet. We're seeing some things, and that's amazing, and I'm thankful for that, of course. But I want more, and I'm not going to pretend that I have it all figured out, because I don't. (laughs) As soon as you think that you do, then you have a problem. Sort of like the attitude of, oh, I've been doing this Christian thing for a while. I've got this. Nope. In Matthew, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Remember, we enter the kingdom as a child, humble, in awe, expectant. That's how we got saved, and it's also how we walk it out, that kingdom life. So why have we not stepped into that fullness? An easy answer is to say, oh, it's the enemy's fault. He's attacking me again, and of course that happens. (laughs) It's kind of a default answer. But that's not actually totally accurate. Of course he's attacking you. He wants you dead, remember? He came to kill, steal, and destroy. But let's take a look at Colossians 2. 13 through 15. When you were dead in your sin and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive in Christ. He forgave all our sin, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Okay, so you can't blame it on the enemy because Jesus destroyed and disarmed him. He is defeated. So what is it? What's the holdup? You know, the problem is not on God's end. So we have to take a look at ourselves. It must be on ours. So what can we do? You know, I challenge us to consider this next passage as part of the answer to that question. Matthew 16, 21 through 23. This is our main passage for this episode. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. 
Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Can you imagine like what Peter was thinking? First off, I'm sure none of us have ever questioned God like that, right? Mm-hmm. None of us have ever done that. But Peter, he's like, oh man, Jesus, I'm going to have to take him aside and tell him a thing or two. <laughs> Can you imagine that? It's laughable. I'm sure the father had a good chuckle over that one. And this is Peter, who just had answered the question just earlier in Scripture. Jesus had asked the disciples, who do people say I am? And some say John the Baptist and Elijah. And then Jesus says, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Okay, so Peter just nailed that one. But now he's rebuking Jesus. Jesus was clearly in the right and Peter in the wrong. Jesus is like, get behind me. You're not thinking about what God wants. Just human drama, the human point of view. You know, human drama, if you are on social media of any kind, then you are probably thoroughly acquainted with human drama. (laughs) But I want to remind us that being human is a temporary gig. We are in a body, but we are spirit. So we keep our focus on the things of the spirit. I want to read another version of that verse 23. It says, Satan, get away from me. You're in my way because you think like everyone else and not like God. Come on. Jesus is like, I'm moving forward. So my question to you is, what do you need to speak to and say, get behind me? We won't get to that full measure, the complete standard of Christ, or even get closer to it until we tell Satan to get behind us. Chris Valentin from Bethel talks about how our bodies are actually designed to go forward, not to look back. Our ears are angled to hear what's in front of us. Our legs are designed to walk forward. If you've ever tried to run or walk backwards, it's not that easy, right? We don't have eyes in the back of our head, although I know it feels like parents and teachers do, right? We we say that, but it's not really true. Philippians 3, verses 12 through 13, this is Paul speaking. He said, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I just want to say, you know, you guys, we're not waiting to get to heaven for the prize. Of course, heaven's going to be amazing. But there is a heavenly prize available to you here and now. All right, so the verse says we're forgetting the past. Psalm says he has removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. There's no need to revisit that sin, that dead man. It's gone. We are a new creation now. We are not going backward. We are moving forward. I felt like I should share this example of 
this concept that we're talking about. A while back, I was teaching a Sunday school class. It was high school girls. And you might not even know what that is. Um, They used to have Sunday school. (laughs) It was like a short class before main service on Sunday morning. It was good. I don't know if anybody does that anymore. But anyway, I was leading this high school girls Sunday school, and we were talking about what our purpose and our calling was in life. And we were reading this passage. And one of the girls spoke up and she said, I feel like God's calling me to be a missionary in Africa. And her best friend was sitting next to her and she looks at her and she goes, no, don't go. I'm like, that's a perfect example. I said, hey, what are you going to say to your friend right here that's trying to stop you from stepping into your God-given calling and purpose, right? So it was like, hey, get behind me. So I want to ask you, who in your life might be trying to stop you from following the Lord, from going after it full throttle, from not pulling back, but instead, just with all that you have, giving that to Jesus? And then on the flip side, who is supporting you? Who is like, yes, you can do this. I'm with you. You're a brother. You're a sister in Christ. You can do it. You know, take those people with you. We need that kind of support when we are going after what God has for us. I do want to say there are some times where in our lives where God is done with something, but we hold on to it for dear life because we don't want to let it go. But he has said, that's it. He wants us to move on to more fruit, something else. He has something new, maybe a new ministry, a new relationship. Obviously not saying if you're married that you would ever, you know, leave your spouse. I'm not saying that. Uh, (laughs) So just hear that, hear me on that. But there are times where, you know, a friend or a coworker, something like that, or sometimes it's a job or a ministry position that we need to let go of. And we are actually, by holding on to that, we're actually hurting ourselves and others when we aren't willing to let go. I remember, I mean, over the years, there's been probably multiple Bible studies where they've been great. We've been growing. And then the Lord will say, okay, you're done with that. It's time for you to step out and do something else now, you know? And there have been times where I'm like, no, I don't really want to let go of that. I've got relationships there and whatnot. But God always blesses that when you're obedient. I remember one time I was serving in youth, a youth ministry, and we had to wear those lanyards. You know, they say your name and they say that you're a leader or whatever. And I got there one week and my lanyard was missing. And I was like, okay, I'm sure it'll turn up next week. Still missing. Next week, still missing. And it took four weeks. And finally I said, Lord, where's my lanyard? What's going on here? And he was like, you're done with this ministry. You need to step out of this youth ministry. I have other things for you to do now. And I didn't even know. But sometimes, you know, it's really cool. He'll do something in the natural to get your attention if you're not really, you know, paying attention in your prayer time with him or just during your day when you're just constantly communing with him and you're just missing it. But we need to be paying attention. Sometimes he might ask you to take a sabbatical from a prayer team or from some other thing that you're working on or doing in your life. When we're obedient, it always pays off. And you know, I just want to say, like, you don't have to call your friend Satan, okay? (laughs) But you do sometimes have to tell people no and be willing to deal with the consequences. But if they follow Jesus they'll get it. They'll understand. We have to be willing to say no to some things in order to say yes to something greater. I just want to bring up a couple of things that might seem obvious with this concept that we're talking about, but 
you can't move forward and stay where you are. I know that's profound. I'll say it again. You can't move forward and stay where you are. (laughs) Sometimes we try to do that. It does not work. You can't do a new thing and do the old thing too. You can't be in two places at once. Like how many wish you could? And I swear sometimes it feels like moms can, right? They're multitasking. They're doing all this stuff, but it's not possible. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I'm going to read another version as well. This is New Living Translation. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Okay, that says strip off every weight. It's not just talking about sin that we need to get rid of. We also need to get rid of things that are just weighing us down. It might not be a bad thing, but in that season, it's not good for you and you need to get rid of it. You need to just get rid of that weight because it's slowing you down. And I love how at the end of this verse, it says the race God has set before us. God has set. Um, Recently, I was just having a conversation with God and I had been working on something for quite some time and it just seemed like it wasn't going right. You know, you put your heart into something and you start working at some project and you prepare and you start making steps forward. It's like two steps forward, one step back. And you're just like, oh, you get discouraged, right? And I was discouraged by this thing. I was trying to do kind of a dream that I had had. And I just had the thought, you know, I could just not do this. I've been putting a lot of effort into this. I could just give up on it. It wouldn't be the end of the world if I didn't do this thing. I'm doing all these other things that are successful, that are working. If I just let this thing go. And as soon as I thought that, the Lord said very clearly, so you're willing to give up on your dream for you, but are you willing to give up on my dream for you? And when the Lord speaks something like that to you, you have to respond. That adds a whole new level of importance to this thing that he's put on my heart to do. I'm not just doing it for me. It's a dream that he has for me. And he has dreams for you as well. So there may be something that you need to put behind you that is currently right out in front of you. But it needs to be behind you so that you can go after that dream that God has for you. But only you can make this happen. You're going to have to tell some people or some things to get behind you if you're serious about following Jesus. In 1 Samuel, there was a priest named Eli and his two sons. They also served in the temple of God. And the Bible actually calls them scoundrels. They didn't follow the temple rules. They were corrupt. So I'm going to read 1 Samuel 2, verses 34 and 35. And this is directed towards Eli. And what happens to your sons, Hophni and Phinehas, will be a sign to you. They will both die on the same day. I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. You guys, believers, disciples of Jesus, we are faithful priests. We are all a part of the royal priesthood who will do what is in his heart. You can't do what is in his heart unless you 
get rid of whatever else is in the way. Unless you take that thing and you speak to it and you get it out of the way. In the book of Mark, it says, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Tell the mountain to move. Mountain, get behind me. You'll have to give some things up to keep Jesus in the forefront of your life. Luke 14, 26 says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brother and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Is he saying hate your mother and father? No. He's saying compared to your love for me, the way you feel about them and other things in your life pales in comparison. You'll choose me no matter what. And you'll tell everything else to get behind you. Romans 8 verses 37 through 39. It says, no, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We don't just conquer. We conquer, then we enjoy the spoils. Fulfill our purpose. We live in victory. Come on. Let's hear it, you guys. We should be excited about this. We do something with our freedom from the thing that we commanded to get behind us. We press forward toward the prize. Jesus didn't just die so we could be free from sin. He died unto something. So you could be who you were meant to be. So you could do something. Removing sin was just the first step. We now take what he did, the authority he gave us, and we succeed. We go out and we do the stuff. We heal the sick. We raise the dead. If we were hillbillies, we would say we get her done. Now, I'm not a hillbilly, so I'm not going to say that. But I will say we get after it. We turn up in a good way. You guys, it's not worth it to get to the end of your life and hear, I never knew you, depart from me. Whatever we were choosing to tolerate in our lives instead of saying, get behind me, it's not worth it. We want to hear, well done, good and faithful, faithful servant, friend, son, daughter. That's what we're going after. None of the other things will matter then. And it doesn't matter now in comparison to making him our one thing. Everything else, get behind me. Jesus is all I want in my line of sight. Do not look to the right or to the left. Focus your eyes on Jesus. Sometimes it's past sin or mistakes like keep popping up and causing feelings of condemnation. Then get behind me, sin. Past failures, get behind me, failure. Feelings of fear or rejection, not having enough, whatever. Get behind me, fear, rejection, lack. Name someone has called you, insults, somebody wronged you. Get behind me. What or who is the Peter in your life that is trying to talk you out of God's plan? What's stopping you? What or who do you need to shut down? And say, that's it. No more. It's over for you. No soup for you. (laughs) I'm dating myself by saying that. But maybe we have some Seinfeld people out there that will get it. 
So I'm asking you today, what is Holy Spirit speaking to you, telling you, you need to speak to this thing and say, get behind me. God has something he wants to put in front of you. It's actually already there. If you remember, God knew what he had planned for you before you existed, but you can't see it because something is in the way. God's not going to remove it. He told you to speak to the mountain. You know, I would challenge you to consider what is beyond the mountain, the Peter in your life. Look past that thing. If you're so full of something else, you can't receive from him. You know, I just felt like the Lord just right now is saying there's some unforgiveness somewhere. If you've got some unforgiveness in your life in any area, that could be the Peter that you need to say, nope, I'm going to forgive. And that thing is going to go in Jesus name. So if we're so full of something else that then we can't receive from him. So we need to remove that thing and we need to invite him in to fill us up with dreams, the things that he has for us. Open our eyes to see what's next. So if that's you and you're ready to stand up and say it, to shut that thing down and move forward, I just invite you right now to agree with me in prayer. Father, we come to you in agreement with what you say over our lives. We come into agreement with your dreams that you have for us. We are in agreement that we are the faithful servant, the faithful priest, the faithful friend, son and daughter. We will step into that. We'll speak to whatever is coming against us and your plan for our future. And we will declare, get behind me, Satan. We declare that we are more than conquerors. We are stepping into those greater things. We are going after the fullness of Christ, the full measure, the complete standard. And God, I bless every person that is listening with a keen eye to see and a keen ear to hear exactly what you're speaking to them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. Join me next time on Holy Spirit Feed.